0: From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the air.
1: One of the biggest parts of this is a random act of kindness, and there's no expectation of return. So just telling someone that they're loved and and there is hope, is is what we like to do. We heard from one senior um, who called Florence, who's a wonderful woman. But she said that they reminded her of the love letters that her husband had sent her back when she was a young girl. And I think that was just so special. Because it's so easy to be cynical right now, but um, so many people have proven to me that like, no, there's, there's a lot of good people out there.
0: I'm Sarah Fensky. Shreya Patel and her younger sister Saffron were high school students in Boston when the pandemic began. But rather than gripe about their school year being interrupted or succumb to depression, they put their additional free time to good use. The sisters founded Letters Against Isolation, a nonprofit that has now grown to count 19,000 volunteers. Shreya Patel is now a sophomore at Washington University, and she joins us to tell us more about it. Shreya, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me today. So, Shreya, take us back to the spring of 2020. The pandemic first hit the U.S., and you and your sister started
1: checking in with your grandparents every single day. Why was that? Absolutely. I mean, our grandparents are such social people. My grandma goes to the gym more than I do. And so her being alone in her apartment, it was really tough tough for her. And so we wanted to make sure that she saw that social connection, even though she couldn't go out and see her friends. And, you know, even, even though we were calling her every day, we saw that she was getting more lonely. And, and that was tough for us. And so what got you to the point where you thought, hey, this isn't just about my grandma? Absolutely. So we were looking to find a way to help her, to make her feel a bit more more lively. Uh, we were sending her to paint my numbers and things like that. Um, but you know, everything was not working as much as we'd wish really it was. She was and getting kind of blue. She was getting kind of blue. And then a friend of hers sent a letter to her. And it was just beautiful. It had this hand-drawn rainbow on the front. And that completely changed uh, her whole demeanor. Mm. She showed it to us for a week straight on FaceTime, just beaming every time. And so we realized that there was something really powerful and really magical about a handwritten letter. And we wanted to share that same joy in our own community. So we started reaching out to nursing homes near us, um, just four at the beginning, thinking that it could be something that Safran and I do on our kitchen counter together. And the response was overwhelming. All four reached out and said, yes, we need letters. Uh, And so within a week, we were were trying to write to 200 seniors. We needed some help. Within a week, 200 seniors. 200 seniors.
0: Wow. I imagine when you first reached out to these nursing homes, you thought, well, maybe one will get back to us. They all got back to you. They all got back to us so quickly. And had you been much of a letter writer before all this?
1: I I feel like I don't think of your generation as necessarily putting pen to paper. (laughs) Not much, but... um, of obviously i'm I'm not from here. I grew up in London. And every now and again, my friends and I would write letters to each other, um just as a fun thing to do. And so I hadn't really thought much about it until the pandemic. and I, I realized like, you know, those always are so nice to receive mm-hmm. and make me so happy. So of course, you know, spread spread that love, spread that joy, and, and start doing it to the seniors.
0: So it's one thing to do this for someone you already know. Mm-hmm. You're kind of drawing on this base <laughs> of, of what they find interesting. How do you go about writing a positive letter
1: to a stranger? Absolutely. I think one of the biggest parts of this is a random act of kindness, and there's no expectation of return. So just telling someone that they're loved and, and there is hope is is what we like to do. We also hear that we get great feedback from puns and jokes. Um, the old loves, people like the puns, everyone huh? Everyone loves to laugh, <laughs> yes. So they love a good pun. And so are you guys brainstorming puns to, to sort of <laughs> put in these letters? A little bit, yeah. We crowdsource them. Um, our volunteers will like, send them in during like our Zoom parties, and and we'll write up blog posts, and we'll put them out for everyone to hear. So you mentioned your volunteers. This
0: has grown in a huge yes. way from when you and your sister were writing letters and conceivably cracking each other up <laughs> as you
1: did so. How did did you get other people involved um the internet I think we started during the pandemic so everyone was at home everyone was trying to find a way to help and so we were posting on volunteer forums and eventually we started to get a little bit of media coverage and people got excited and started telling their friends and, and their friends friends and their co-workers and their dog sitters everyone um and so we just kind of grew by by word of mouth and by by the internet.
0: So it's always a great thing mm. when people volunteer to help, but it also adds this whole level of complication. Like you have to yes. figure out how to direct their energies <laughs> and like connect them with the seniors who actually need them. How did you go about kind of, you know, taking all mm. this enthusiasm and then channeling it into something that would actually reach the right people?
1: Yeah, we were definitely building the plane whilst it was still on the runway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sounds a little terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Safran and I started this and like, we didn't think it was going to be anything. I know that like When we first bought the website, um, we waited until our parents were asleep. Uh (laughs) Because you thought they might not approve? (laughs) They wouldn't. We thought they would ask us to think it through. And Mm -hmm. we were just so excited. We were like, we've got to get moving right now. And so it's been very iterative. Um, We have been just slowly kind of realizing, hey, this thing is broken. This thing takes too long to do. We've got to find a new way. And I think the biggest part of that was like how people sign up for letters, because I think for the first two months, every Sunday, we would sit on the computer and we'd go volunteer by volunteer and we'd assign them somewhere to write. Oh, wow. And that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> so we created like this whole spreadsheet system to get people to be able to sign up for themselves and make sure that every nursing home gets the right number of letters. And that's been like slowly, slowly improving. And and you guys built this yourselves? Yeah, more or less, just wow. on Google spreadsheets. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so
0: you have this where people can go to this website and they can sign
1: up to help yeah. and figure out who to help. Exactly. Yes, it's all kind of automated <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of it is automated. I'm a computer science student, so I've been trying to figure out ways to make it easier, uh, so we can focus on the things that matter. And so you now have nineteen thousand volunteers
0: that have contributed to this. Are these people who are writing regular letters, or mm-hmm. you know they're
1: just kind of doing their one and you know <laughs> they're done? Most of our volunteers are regulars. Um, we'll have student volunteers who'll sign up and they'll expect to do you know forty letters for their hours, and they'll just keep on writing afterwards because they love it. It's such a wonderful community. Uh, we're definitely seeing a spike, though, during the holiday season. Everyone's excited to share some joy. And um, and what kind of feedback are you getting from the seniors who are receiving these letters? It's really positive. Because I think for a long time, a lot of seniors were just stuck in their rooms mm-hmm. and they couldn't go out, they couldn't see their friends. And so getting something from the outside world, telling them that they were loved and, and you know, reminding them to be grateful for the things that they do have was, was meaningful. We heard from one senior um, who, called Florence, who's a wonderful woman but she said that they reminded her of the love letters that her husband had sent her Mm. back when she was a young girl. And I think that was just so special.
0: That's really sweet. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned people writing like letter after letter (laughs) after letter. Are they on their own then for things like postage costs and and trying to to do that part?
1: Yes, but one of the great things about being a nonprofit is we can start fundraising. And so one of the big projects we have for 2022 is making sure that students who don't necessarily have the funds for letters can Can access them. So, we're raising a little stamp fund for them, which is very exciting. So, this thing just kind of
0: continues to grow and grow. Mm -hmm. And it's been growing even while life has kind of resumed. Certainly, the pandemic is still going on. (laughs) But you're now here. You're in your second year at
1: WashU. How have you had the time to continue to put into (laughs) this? Uh, um, My Google Calendar is insane. I I live and die by it. But I, I love it. It's work that I think is meaningful. And I think that. Um, makes a difference. And so of course I'm gonna make time for it. I also have a lot of help. Um, I'd like to shout out the volunteer coordinators who help Safran and I, Alan, Elisa, Ramona uh, and Diane. These are wonderful women who help us on a regular basis with emails, operations. Uh, We couldn't keep running without them. And that's just everybody who's doing this is a volunteer. Everyone is a volunteer. Nobody's paid.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's remarkable. And people are remaining so devoted to this. Do you see this as something that could continue even after, I keep believing this (laughs) pandemic at some point will end. Could this Mm -hmm. continue after that?
1: Absolutely. Senior loneliness is a problem that existed long before the pandemic and it will persist long afterwards. I think about 40% of seniors before the pandemic reported feeling lonely on a regular basis. And that has huge impacts on seniors mental health and also physical health. And so if we can do something even small like this to To reach out to them and to remind them, you know, they're not alone. I'd I'd want to keep on doing that. Mm. And I think a lot of people believe in that mission.
0: Well, I'm curious to hear a little bit about you. I think this is such a remarkable (laughs) project. And, you know, I so appreciate you and your sister just running with this. Mm -hmm. Um, Had you gone into this thinking, you know, someday I'd like to do a startup or I (laughs) want to start a
1: business, like what was your sense of of career goals before all this was even a thought? Absolutely. Well, when we started this, we thought it would just be the two of us. Uh, We never expected it to grow into something this big. I think I've always had a bit of an entrepreneurial bone in my body, and same with Safi. Um, She ran, like, a jewelry business in, like, middle school that got shut down by the school. (laughs) Got shut down. (laughs) She was a very naughty little middle schooler. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So I think both of us have always been, you know, trying to, like, um, build something exciting, and this just gave us an opportunity to really run with that passion and that drive and and build something really cool.
0: And so you're now studying business and computer science at Washington University. You're mm-hmm.
1: also studying philosophy. How do <laughs> all those things fit together there? Um, hmm. So WashU has an awesome program called the Bucks program. So it allows me to get like one degree in both business and computer science. Um, I like doing the technical stuff, and I like building businesses. So that works very well for me. But I also just like like reading philosophy. Uh, I think it stretches you to think in interesting directions and consider like your place in the world. And I think it's important to, to have those conversations with yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so
0: you're at Washington University, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, you have had this, you know, interesting journey
1: started in London. Yeah, I guess you were in California at some point before mm-hmm. you went to Boston? Yes. Yeah. So I grew up in London. When I was 13, my family moved to California. Um, I went to boarding school after a year over in the East Coast, and my family followed me to Boston. And so that's where we are these days. And so then now you're here in the Midwest. Was that Mm -hmm. initially a hard adjustment? Um, I don't know. Everyone here is so friendly. Uh, It's really, really nice. Uh, So not a huge adjustment. I think because I've moved so many times, it's it's very easy to. You can just around. land anywhere. Yes. And so, do you feel like um, do you feel like St. Louis?
0: You know, we, we hear so much about people who were graduating in the middle of the pandemic. You mm-hmm. didn't necessarily get to do all the college <laughs> visits you'd get to do. All these things that normally went into that kind of process weren't necessarily on the table that spring. Mm-hmm. Um, were you able to make the college decision that you wanted
1: to make? So I was very lucky. I applied to college, I think, back in 2018. I uh, graduated in 2019 and took a gap year. So I had lots of time on my hands during the pandemic to work on Letters Against Isolation. I was lucky enough to come to St. Louis and see WashU and I fell in love immediately. So you were able to see it before everything shut down? Yes. yes. Oh, that's great. Right.
0: So when you showed up, you kind of knew what you were getting into in the way that maybe your other fellow freshmen weren't.
1: No, I think I was very lucky in that regard. Um, I had a kind of a bit of a finger on the pulse before mm. I got here, more than other students. Okay, and it sounds like so far you you've been happy. So happy! I'm really happy in St. Louis and at WashU. It's a great school. That's great. Well,
0: WashU is lucky to have you. St. Louis is lucky <laughs> to have you. Um, so you're kind of on this unexpected journey. This all started where you and your sister just kind of had an idea. You yep. ran with it. What have you learned in the two years that you've worked on this? Does anything oh. surprise you from this journey?
1: I think. When I first started, I was surprised by how many people were helping Mm -hmm. because I think the pandemic was a very isolated time and it would be really easy to just stay at home and like isolate yourself and and make sure that you're okay. And so the fact that people were looking outside and looking to help people that they didn't even know was so surprising to me. And yet it makes sense, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's always just impressed me. And I think the second thing that I've learned is just like anyone can make a difference. Right. Anyone can do something really small to help another person, and that that is important.
0: Yeah, um, so it gives you some faith in the world, even so with much faith, everything going on right now. Because
1: right? it's so easy to be cynical right now, mm. but um, so many people have proven to me that like, no, there's there's a lot of good people out there.
0: I wonder if you also find yourself with a greater appreciation for these handwritten letters. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's not what people first associate <laughs> with your generation,
1: but do you find yourself now writing letters to people just for pleasure? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I still write to le- letters to my friends back home, but I write thank you letters to my professors and um, birthday cards to my friends. I think it's so nice to receive something that someone's like, taken the time to write and you can have it in your hands and you can like reference it it's it's tough to like scroll back through like weeks and weeks of text to see like a nice note that someone wrote you
0: yeah and this mm-hmm. you can keep there's, exactly. there's something tangible about this mm-hmm. I wonder Funny. if maybe we'll come around
1: from from the text back to the, the letter writing. Well, the fun thing is now some of my friends are writing me notes. So I have like a wall now at school with a couple of like postcards and notes that my friends have written me. And that's, that's really lovely.
0: So you're getting to experience a little bit of what yes, these I seniors am. experience right there in your dorm. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think that's so exciting. If people are interested in getting involved with this, again, this organization mm-hmm. is Letters Against Isolation. Yes. Um, how would they
1: go about doing that? Absolutely. So we have a website, Letters Against Isolation. If you scroll down just a little bit, you can see a bright yellow Get Involved form. Uh, Fill that out, and you'll be on our mailing list, and we'll send you your first uh, sign-up sheet this Sunday. Okay, so that's how fast it moves. You'll get people onboarded and ready to go.
0: (laughs) And at this point, is there still a need for further volunteers?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, We always need to more volunteers so we can reach more seniors all over the country. Uh, we want to make sure that every single lonely senior can can feel loved during a difficult time. And so the more volunteers we have, the more people we can reach. Okay. And the more volunteers in St. Louis we have, the more seniors in St. Louis we can reach. And is there there's a geographic match going on in, in some ways? If you're getting more St. Louisans, you reach more St. Louisans? So the more people in a city that we have, the more we try and find homes in that city um, to, to write to. And so if we have more people in St. Louis, we could find more poems in St. Louis and and reach people in that way.
0: Okay. Well, if people are feeling led to do this, it sounds like you're taking all volunteers. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Everyone can volunteer. Everyone can volunteer as long as you can write. (laughs) Not even that. Uh, We have, like, two, three-year-olds who do art, and their parents will write the cards, and it's so cute. Oh, I love that. Okay, Mm -hmm. so all
0: ages, you don't (laughs) even have to write. You can go to lettersagainstisolation.com, and it's a very quick process to get involved uh, from there. Well, Shreya Patel, I want to thank you so much for joining
1: us. And thank you for having me. Me. this
0: episode was produced by Evie Hemphill with audio engineering by Aaron Dorr and production assistance from Jane Mather Glass it was mixed and edited by Jane our executive producer is Alex Hoyer St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio <laughs> understanding starts here